Welcome everybody to the Compass Rose. I'm your host, Andrew Atkinson. Today I got with me my good friend, Antonio Lopez, AKA Tilo. Thanks for coming on, man. How you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. How you doing today? Right, right. So this is this is take two. We had a little technical snafu, but we're back at it. Uh, so let's do a little rundown how we came to know each other. It was back in like 2013. Mm-hmm. We had the uh, the Cypher projects. My crew was doing Cyphers. We were trying to get all the local talent together to kind of showcase what, you know, Northern Ohio had to offer. And we uh, came across you and, and Devo and we got you guys on that first Cypher. And uh, I remember I wasn't there for the recording process when you were there, but came back for the mastering and mixing. And I heard your voice, man. You just had that unique flow, that unique delivery. And I'll admit that I was, I was kind of fanboying a little bit like this dude, this dude's pretty cool. So we get the mastered and we go to the underground yep. or in the basement. And like yep. that place, if you've never been to the underground, the, the basement, like it's, it's like a maze, man. You can get lost back there, especially if you've been drinking a little bit. I didn't know where I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's <laughs> for sure. So we shot that video and, you know, released it or whatever with the ciphers. And it was you and Dave. Oh, you guys had the group on for scene, right? On for scene, yep. So if you want to talk to me a little bit how that came to be and what uh, works you guys had. Uh, so... Unforeseen was, uh, yeah, me and Devo, and we we just kind of clicked up one day. We just started making songs, and we we did shows, but we never actually finished a project, right. which is kind of crazy. I mean, we, we finished one. We just never released it. Um, and, uh, yeah, then the Cypher series, you know, as as we said before, but unfortunately didn't record. It was ahead of its time. It was innovative. Right. It was beautiful. Uh, you know, maybe one day there'll be a resurgence of it. I don't know. I would think it would be pretty cool. I, in this, I, I, in this, I would like to do something like that. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I think it would be really cool to see, um, or at least like a reunion show. Yeah, something. Yeah. I know we did, um, I don't think you guys got put on it, but I think, uh, I think Randy Grossweiler put it together a few years back. We had like a little underground reunion show. I saw that. Uh, yeah. 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 That, that was a good time for sure. It, it definitely was very nostalgic, brought back some memories. Um, so I want to go back with you were with Davo. Yep. Um, you guys didn't have any kind of falling out, nothing like that. We oh just... no, no, no. Yeah, no, no falling out. We just uh, what did happen? I don't know. I just um, when I start writing, then I get in an album mode. Like uh, I, I just focus, and then I guess I kind of drifted away, and then um, and then he moved to Colorado for some years. Right. Yeah, I remember he that. was yeah, gone. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, we've we've definitely been talking about trying to get get the band back together. So. Uh, that'd be dope yeah. for sure. Shout out to Davo. Come out on the podcast. We'll talk about some comic books and superheroes. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say you and Davo split, but you went your separate ways, different yeah. creative ideas, and you yeah. started doing your solo stuff, right? Absolutely. And that was around like 2016. And like I was saying, and I thought it was like super cool. You had the came with the, the slick, like, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, 20 hot 16s. Uh, yeah, 20 hot 16s for 2016. And yeah. it was all over Facebook. Like, it was like, was it like once a week or like every, it was like every day or? Oh, uh, no, no, no. It was just, uh, it was just as, as they came to me. Um, I definitely wasn't every week, but I posted them like over and over and over oh, so again. I, so it probably felt you, like you were, that. You yeah. were putting them out. You, yeah. you were all over Facebook with your yeah. hot 2016s. That was super cool. Thank um, you. Thank you. So you're doing that. It's 2016. And then um, I think it's a, right around that same time you started uh, getting into more of this addiction awareness you were doing yeah. like, uh, what's the term for it? Is it, is it spoken word? It was, they weren't really raps. They were, yeah, they were more like, yeah, spoken word, like spoken word, poetry yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And you kicked it off with uh dear Sandusky, right? That was, mm-hmm. that was the first one. Yeah, That was the first one. Uh, walk me through a little bit, the thought process. What, what led you to uh, go down that Avenue to, to bring awareness to this terrible problem that is 
affecting the entire country and, and seems like even more so in smaller communities, rural areas, such as where we live. Yeah. Um, all right. So just to rewind a little bit, Devo, uh, when we were unforeseen, uh, he lost a close friend of his um, to a, to an overdose. And he immediately just kind of, as we, as we do, we, we turn to music right, and uh, yeah. he started writing a song called heroin County. And uh, he asked me to be on it. I came and did a verse and it just kind of triggered this whole feeling in me that I wanted to do. I was, I told him, I said, we should do a whole album of, of this kind of music. Right. We should just do a whole thing. And then we, we did, we, we made the whole project, but it was never perfect. So we, it just never came out. And then, right. uh, and then some years later, um, I started writing, uh, Dear Sandusky in 2015, June of 2015, I started writing it. And then I was just like, I didn't know what I was going to do with it. It was right. just words, just how I was feeling. You know, I, just, I don't just know what to do with it. Out, getting yeah. that, to, that pen to paper, that, outlet, that outreach. You know? Yeah, that outreach. And then, um, uh, and then I saw the Art of Rap. Uh, if you saw that documentary that Ice-T did. You know, I never actually got a chance to sit down and watch the entire thing. It was just okay. like bits and pieces here and there. Yeah, so uh, kind of to break up the segments, he has rappers come in and tell, like, I don't know if he picked the verse or he asked the rappers to pick the verse, but... They would do spoken word and he would shoot and it would just kind of progress the storyline of right. the documentary. Yeah. Like and, um, yeah. And it, and it inspired me. And I was like, I want to do something like that. So I had this, I knew I had it. And then I just kind of went out, shot a few scenes and then we put it out and it's just the response. I, I never expected that. You right, know? Like yeah. the most, the most views I had had at that point is like maybe a thousand, you know, if that. Right. And, and then as far as like you got your own YouTube, right? T-Lo. Yeah. Yeah. T-E-L-O-W for y'all don't, don't know. <laughs> go check it out. Yeah. <clears throat> so and then that took off. And before I knew it, I was hitting like 20,000 views or something like that. And that's I was just. That's amazing, man. And then all the comments were. I didn't know. You know, it was it was it was crazy at the time because the comments were just like. You would think because it was rap, it would all be like people our age. Yeah. But no, there was there was people in their 60s commenting. People right. in the, that, that I had no idea. I didn't know this was, you know, I didn't, or yeah, I know well, my granddaughter. So many yeah, people kind of. Yeah, so many people were talking and, and they had no idea. And, um, or they thought it was just their family dealing with it. Right, yeah. And then all of a sudden you see this whole community struggling with the same thing. And it just, it, it opened eyes. So, yeah, anyway. And that that spawned into you, you did. You kicked it off with Dear Sandusky. You had, yeah. you had a Dear Norwalk. Uh, Norwalk. Yep, did, that was the next uh, one. New London? Was that? that or, no. Uh, uh, or you went, you I went, went to, to Willard. You went to Willard. It was like during their fair or something like that. Yeah, during it? their fair. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember yeah. seeing you guys recording. You just, yeah. I thought it was, it, it was the slickest way to do it because, you know, like you said, it wasn't really like a rap song. It was, it was spoken word. I yeah. remember you just, middle of this walking crowd, you just, yeah. excuse me. You know, yeah, I got yeah. something to say. You need to, you need to yeah. listen to this. You need to hear this. Yeah. And, uh, I did that on purpose because I knew nobody would stop. Right. And that, and that was kind of the whole idea. Nobody's stopping to pay attention to the problem. So right. I figured visually maybe that would come across on camera like. Good metaphor. That Yeah. yeah thank you. I just didn't want anybody to. I wanted people to like realize that you can talk about the problem as loud as you want. But until anybody really. Listens. Yeah. You know, it's nothing's going to happen. So. For sure, man. So um, we talked about like what inspired you to go down this path like uh what were and what are your hopes going forward as far as um you know the outcome of you doing this work um well uh so much has happened in these few years it's it's hard to say really because uh, uh 
just um <laughs> there's just been so many crazy things that have taken place but um one thing i'm i'm just kind of learning is uh like like coronavirus for an example like right. um that changed my whole perspective on everything because um, from what i understand there was there was a a, a bill passed that just kind of blank slated any any treatment costs for anybody yeah, something, something like something, that. Yeah. Something to that effect. I, I don't know. I may be a little bit off on that, but I, I thought it was something to that effect that it kind of just, if you catch it, you know, we're just, don't worry about it right now. We're going to take care of you. And right. that's kind of what I want to like to see for, uh, for addiction. addiction. Yeah. yeah. You know, something, at least for the, the detox portion, because right. the other side of it, the rehab, mm -hmm. that can, you know, that's not a two week thing. That's, right. a, that's, that's, that's like a, that's a lifelong journey. Yeah. That's a process, right? But it it would be nice for everybody just to have the opportunity to detox safely. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, jumping off that a little bit, like, um, what is your 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 opinion, your stance on it? Because you have you have one group of people that say, you know, uh, addiction isn't real; it's a choice. Mm -hmm. Or you know, um, if you just have strong enough willpower, if you care about your family enough, you'll just you know tough it out or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I personally, I have seen um i don't know i guess valid points on either side of the of the opinion but um what is your outlook do you, do you think it's you know, clear cut black and white you either you choose to do this or you don't or is it something like in between to where like you know it's going to affect each individual differently each person i think it does to an extent have to do with your willpower but right, right. it's also like on a cellular molecular level some yeah. people are more prone absolutely to, you yeah. know become yeah. addicted to whether it be, you know, opioids or, or alcohol or whatever it might be. There's, there's people are wired differently. I just exactly like what, what, where, where do you fall on that? Um, um, yeah, it's a complicated answer, but right, first yeah. I want to start with, um, I want to start with just kind of what I've always said when I, when I went to schools to speak to kids, I always said, um, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't think weed is a gateway drug. I'm just going to keep oh, yeah, it 100% sure. yeah. honest with you. I think there's no such thing as a gateway drug. Right. It's a gateway mindset. Yeah. Now, you sitting right there, you, you might smoke as much weed as you want. And that's it. Uh -huh. You never go to nothing else. Right. You never try nothing else. You don't, you not even try anything else. You know what I'm saying? You have no desire. But you, you may try a joint and go straight to crack. Right. I can't. Like, you know, like there's, there's no way of knowing what you would do. So different, like different mindsets. Like, yeah, yeah. Some people that might be like, okay, I'm good with this. It, it mellows right. me out, whatever. Yeah. And yeah. I don't even really consider weed a drug. I think it's a medicine. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, you know, you, you do have some people that are like, you know, I'll try anything once. You, <laughs> yeah, know, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. And you, you try the wrong thing once and you become addicted and it's a whole different rabbit hole you're going down. And that's what I think we got to treat that self-destructive behavior. Right. That, that's, that, that's something I'm going to get into is like there, there is definitely a, a tie between um, addiction and mental health. Exactly. Exactly. Sure. You know, and, and look at people's environment. Like, um, you know, you can say, okay, addiction is a choice. All right. Like, like if that's your argument, let's, let's roll with that real quick. Right. Let's just look at that. And then let's examine that person. What led them to make that choice? And you, know, you, you didn't know that both their, you know, that person's parents were addicts. Right. So what were they supposed to do? Mm -hmm. Like grow up and see that was wrong. I mean, yeah, there are kids who grow up and say, I don't ever want to be my parents. But then there's a lot of kids that grew up where their whole family is on something. Yeah, it's like, it's all and, I know. Like, it, it, it comes down to perception, your, yeah. your own individual perception of yeah. your, you know, your surroundings. And, and what that kid 
from my eyes never had a chance it yeah. was never a choice it was just a matter of when you know right. like yeah and so when it comes down to choice or disease like um you know we all make choices in life that have lasting effects oh yeah and it's sure. it's i don't think it's fair to just knowing the chemical rewrite that addiction does to somebody's brain right. knowing knowing and understanding that it literally changes the chemical makeup of your mind yeah. it rewires it it's not fair for me to say it's a choice you yeah. know it's not and it's it, not it does go back to that you know the mental issues because yeah. if i don't care what it is if it's if it's smoking cigarettes or having a drink or smoking mm -hmm. a joint or shooting up like if you're habitually doing that on a on a daily basis or however often you're doing it like you're obviously if you're looking to alter your mind state that frequently there's there's something going on that you're that you're trying to escape yeah, from you're trying to yeah. change you're trying to numb yeah so excuse me definitely i think um before this happens like we need to um look into a stronger um network of you know counseling mm -hmm. uh you know whatever it may be before it leads to finding that escape every day that's something right that, that I don't think really gets brought up that often when in this conversation. Yeah. Um, and I, I know teachers have a lot on their plate. Oh, yeah, teachers yeah. have a lot on their plate. They're expected but, to do far more than what they're, you know, there to do. Yeah. But wouldn't it be something if there was somebody in schools that could just sort of identify like just the little red flags here and there, you right, know, like, yeah. and I can't expect a teacher to do it because there's so, I, Especially with quarantine, I think parents realized how much teachers really had to right. take on, you know. Overburdened. Yeah, very overburdened yeah. with what they're required but to do. It would be really nice if we could identify those things you were talking about. Just yeah, just a third party, because you can't expect a family to do it either, because we don't know what the home life's like. Right, yeah. And yeah. I mean, you got, like, in junior high and high school, you have your, your guidance counselors, but, I mean, they're they're so bogged down with, you know. You, Getting you, you have, a, Yeah. You know, I think uh, I, I graduated from Sandusky, and... I think there was a total of like four guidance counselors for the mm -hmm. entire class. Like they split it up like, okay, last names A through K will be with this guidance counselor and you know, so on and so <laughs> yeah, forth. Like yeah. you can't expect one person to be able to actually handle that magnitude of different individual people and their problems and struggles coming up through school. Yeah. So that's, I like mean, you're saying like uh, someone else should be dedicated and not just one person, you know, a whole entire staff really. Yeah. But I mean, schools it's, are already so under budget. And I know, I know. And that, that's a whole other thing that's, I know that's, that's dream world, you know, right, that's, that's yeah, not going to happen. Yeah. But it would just, if we could just baby steps, think about it, oh, you know, yeah. if, if that's, you know, if we could just get parents to kind of think along those lines of, and another thing, I don't think there's anything wrong with getting parents or getting kids like a, a counseling session at least once, like just to, just a, for like an evaluation, like a baseline, like yeah, a, yeah. like just if you notice anything out of the ordinary, just like a, hey, can you evaluate my, evaluate my child? Just kind of see. Where their head's at. Because like, they don't talk to us. You right. Know, but yeah. yeah. Staying on kind of the, the school subject, you touched on it a little bit. Um, <clears throat> I want to commend you like so much for actually taking the time to, you went to several different schools, right? And, yeah, and yeah. had, Thank you know, you. Uh, what do you want to call it? Uh, I want to say a conference, but you spoke, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, like, a, an like assembly. assembly yeah, yeah, yeah. So did did you reach out to these schools, or did they reach out to you? Um, the, in Norwalk, they reached out to me through Chris Castle. Okay, uh, he was a um, uh, a councilman at the time, and he just he uh, saw Deer Norwalk, he liked it, and then um, 
He found a couple other people to get involved. Chief Light at the time when he was chief, he, right. he got involved. <clears throat> and uh, they invited us to Norwalk. Um, Edison, I graduated from Edison, so they, you know, as soon as they found out what I was doing, they wanted me there. And then um, there was, um, I forgot the name of the school, <laughs> but it's over by Ashland. Uh, okay. I can't think of it, but yeah, they uh, they heard about me through word of mouth and had me come out there and it was it was fun. That's awesome. Do you, how, how do you think the reception was? I think it would be, it's, it had to have been tough, like getting up in front of, I mean, we, obviously we've done, we've done shows, so there wasn't right. really like nervousness as far as being in front of a crowd, but just was there like nervousness because of just, you knew how important and impactful this message was. And you're also dealing with a, a younger crowd, which was like, let's be honest. I remember with like when I was in school in high school, if you had yeah. any kind of assembly, you know, I was the dumbass in the back screwing off. Like, oh, this is dumb. And <laughs> yeah. was that going through your head at all? Like, what, what was your thought process when you were actually getting ready to, to, to deliver this message to these kids? Honestly, uh, when I was, when I was like 22 or 23, I told a, a friend of mine, um, I said, I want to go in schools and talk about mental health and depression. Right. And he, uh, he told me, nah, like, you gotta be older for that. You're too young. Like, they're not going to listen to you. And then, so I, in the back of my mind, I knew like, I wanted to prove him wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. that was just kind of motivation. So as far as being nervous, the only thing I'd really say I was hesitant about is, uh, just use of language because, uh, one of the classes was eighth grade, right. seventh and eighth graders. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to wild out and talk about the wild part of drugs, you know, I just like wanted get, to get too graphic. With yeah. It kinda, yeah. Like, you know, but, but once we got into high school, the, the high school teachers were really cool. They were like, yeah. you know, just, just be honest with them. Right. You know, just, just whatever you want to say, we back you up. We, we've heard your message. We, you know, we like you. So, so you got a pretty good like response from like the faculty and, and the people yeah. that brought you in, they were yeah. they, definitely satisfied with what you were doing. Yeah. And, um, and that school was called, um, I think it was called Northwestern actually the one, okay. um, that I went to and, uh, and it just kind of reminded me just kind of on this topic of feedback. Um, so the kids would always like want to hang out and talk a little bit afterwards. But mm-hmm. in this school, I remember <laughs> I was talking to somebody who is a 14 year old and she was, she just told me like, I, I'm, I'm just trying to get sober. I'm, I'm like right. two weeks, three weeks clean. I don't remember what she said it was, wow. but I was like, wow, you're like, you're 14. Yeah. And you already had to make that decision on your own. She didn't go to detox. You right. know, she had to, Probably hiding from her parents. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, well, else. if I remember correctly, I think her parents were the home life was terrible. Oh, okay, if I remember gotcha, correctly, gotcha. yeah. So um, probably didn't care, didn't notice either way. Yeah, yeah. And it was just it was wild because you look at these schools and all these schools have you know like one thing in common. They're all kind of middle America, right? You know, like parents probably no, nah, it's not here. You know, they right, don't yeah. drugs in the school. Yeah, I'm, yeah. you know, you can. Probably the worst thing is pot. And like we said, we don't even see pot as a, as a drug, really. Right, so yeah. it's like, it's crazy. I mean, within like moderation, I mean, like. Right, right. I mean, if you're sitting around token up all day, every day, every hour, <laughs> clock, I yeah. mean, then, then there's a little bit of a And that's back to issue. the mental health thing, though. Yeah, like, yeah. What, are you, what are you running from? To, yeah, you know, like, yeah. what are you trying to get away from? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, are you, is speaking to, you know, different schools, is that still something you're like, actively trying to pursue and do or is it i would love to get back into it i had to take a break from it because uh uh there was just a lot of inconsistencies with um other things going on in life and other things surrounding the movement like uh i don't know it's not everybody is in this for the right reasons oh yeah for sure there's there's 
there's a lot of people that are trying to get um because just to be honest like government contracts are kind of a blank check you oh, know yeah, and, and for sure yeah you, they can there's, just, there's definitely money involved in it on you know all sides of it for sure and it kind of got to a point where um i just felt embarrassed like i took pictures with you i i, I told you like and I didn't tell you, but I told people about you. I told people that I put my stamp on your integrity. And right. then, then this stuff happened. And mm -hmm. now I'm like, you know, so I, I just had to fall back. And uh, that's why I really don't get into this platform anymore because it's like, because uh, I'm having a hard time distinguishing, like, even though they're not the best of moral character. Mm hmm they're still helping people at the end of the day. So is it, you know, I see, like, I, see that, yeah. I, I don't know what to say, you know, yeah. like, but. Now I did, I pulled up some uh, uh, statistics um, from the Ohio Department of Health. The, the most data I could find was from uh, the year 05 through uh, 2017. Mm -hmm. and I was looking at some of these numbers. I don't know if it's, um, just overdoses or overdose deaths, but I, I think it was just, um, total overdoses. I don't know yeah. how many of those led to an actual fatality. Right. But it's it's kind of crazy. It listed um, everything from, you know, like fentanyl, heroin, cocaine, mm -hmm. meth. Um, and then it had a category for like just all of them combined. Mm -hmm. And uh, in 05, there was a total of uh, 489 overdose cases confirmed in Ohio. You leapfrog to 2017, and that jumps all the way up to 4,162. Yeah. So it's it's definitely been a growing problem that yeah. doesn't seem to be getting better. It seems to be getting yeah. worse. Um, and then the interesting thing is uh, with fentanyl, yeah. uh, there yeah. was actually none in 05 or 06. You didn't see fentanyl at all until yeah. um, 07. There was 75. Mm -hmm. And that has been a, a huge increase and a lot of a lot of deaths have resulted from fentanyl. Right. Um, the 05, it was 70, 75 overdoses. And then... Uh, 2017 it jumped up to 3,431 mm -hmm. and a lot of that is I think people are trying to because it's, it's um I think it's like cheaper to produce so they're like oh yeah they're yeah passing yeah. it off and people are somebody told me you can find it on um the whole recipe on Google I, w I was talking to because I did a I did a went to a rally over just right outside of Philadelphia and one of their um people from the health department came out and he said yeah you can find all the ingredients on Google that's, like, that's yeah. insane that is totally just uh, just, just seeing the numbers, like I, like I said, I wish I had something for, you know, 2018, 19, 20 yeah. to see if it's continuing to climb up or if it maybe right things are getting a little bit better. But that, that number, honestly, it shocked me. Like I knew, yeah. I knew it was bad, yeah. you know, because you, you, it's one of those things where you, you do see it around you. You, mm -hmm. you see it, uh, you know, in the police blogs and everything yeah. else, like, you know, yeah. overdose here, overdose there. Like it's, yeah. it's something that's very prevalent in our section of the country and, yeah. and, and nationwide, really. It's yeah. not just, just here, but it just, it really kind of hit home how, how prevalent this, this issue really is. Yeah. And I think, I think everybody, like you, like you said, with Davo, his experience is kind of what inspired you. I think everybody either directly has been affected by this or knows someone directly has been yeah. affected by this. So yeah. it's, it's definitely like, you know, a community thing. Yeah. Know? So, and it's just, it's just about um, <coughs> not being embarrassed by it. Like, yeah. Like, yes. Like, yes, your, your son's an addict, but you know what? You don't have to hide it. Right. Don't, don't hide it. Just talk, you know, talk reach it. out. You never know who 
you could talk to about it that might actually have a key to you know his success or his salvation you never right. know and that's another yeah. thing too like going back with like perception and how you out how you look at it like how many you know young people or just anybody in general might be going through this and feel like they have nobody to turn to not even their family yeah 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 like, what does that lead to you know uh, an overdose or overdose, just, uh, you yeah. know, like, taking yourself out yeah yourself like yeah because there's unfortunately a very high rate of, of suicide with this too people mm-hmm. struggling with not being able to go through it not not finding that um you know the outlet and going to extreme drastic measures to yeah. find peace which is just terrible yeah and you know like the fentanyl was a game changer car fentanyl was a game changer i'm that those were the two worst summers yeah. had to be had to be by far yeah the two worst summers of, of this whole epidemic but uh as far as if it's getting better or not i can't i can't honestly answer because, um, I mean, the numbers seem to be about the same from yeah. what I see. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they say it's like, uh, as far as overdoses go, they say it's like September 11th happening every other day or something like that. Yeah. And, and countrywide. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Countrywide. Yeah. But, yeah. That's, so, that's, that's a huge number. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's something like that. Um, it's either every day or every week September 11th happens. And then it's like a 747 every day. I think that's what it is. 747 every day. Full and then uh, September 11th, like every week or something like that. Just as far as overdoses go. Now, you kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier, but like we can't skim over the fact that a, a, a big part of this problem is doctors. Yeah. Over over prescribing. Yeah. You know that that's a whole other side of the subject. You yeah. know, uh, kind of goes back to the whole. You know, is it a choice or this, that, or the other? Well. There's a whole other side of the spectrum of people who, you know, might go to the doctor for some back pain or something. Mm-hmm. They had an injury mm-hmm. and they pump them full of these prescription opioids. Yeah, yeah. Their prescription runs out. They're hooked. So they turn to yeah. get on the streets. Exactly. And and think about, um, that's another statistic I was looking up. It was just interesting about how, um, man, I'll probably... I don't remember where I read it, but I promise you guys I read this statistic right. that that um, Big Pharma was making more than oil in 2002. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, and um, what what the the wild thing about it is they talk about these pill mills in in that we've had in Ohio, especially where they set up, and that there was like like there was a point in time in this country where doctors prom well doctors. Were, they'll tell you they were told that these weren't addictive. Uh-huh. That's what they'll tell you. Right. These weren't addictive that they were told that, but um, you could go to one doctor and get a script of Vicodin for three months. And then you could go to another one at the same day, get another script for three months, go yes. to another one, get another script back now that can't happen anymore. Cause now everything's digital. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost instant that you got this script and then nobody really writes anything for that long anymore. All but, right. um, but the point is that you kind of created this whole generation of people addicted to pain pills. Right. Yeah. And then, then they had kids Yeah, and then, you know, it just stems off from there. Yeah. Uh, staying on that subject, I did find, um, I'm sure you probably heard about it. I think it was, uh, last year sometime that doctor in Virginia, he, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They uh, said that I found, I found the numbers. Uh, he prescribed 500,000 doses of opioids in the, over the span of two years. The the article was saying that he had people coming from like he was based in Virginia. Yeah, he had people coming from Ohio, Kentucky, mm-hmm. like North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So he was basically, you know, he, he was a, a, a legal drug dealer. A legal drug dealer. How, how he was yeah. running it. Yeah. 
Now, um, the cool thing is, is he did get, he went to trial. He got mm-hmm. sentenced to um, 40 years. 40 years. Wow. And I mean, I mean, me personally, I don't think that's enough. I think he probably should have got a life sentence for every overdose he caused. Yeah. That yeah. would be a more just, uh, yeah. <laughs> just punishment. But so, yeah, there, there is definitely a, a money driven corporate incentive to prescribe these drugs. Yeah. And back then when the, when these first, when these drugs first hit the market for doctors to prescribe, they were definitely getting some kind of kickbacks. Oh, for sure. You know, I, I think it's all off the books. I don't know, but there's no way they couldn't have, like, why would you push that much, you know? And, and that's the other thing with insurance, like, like treatment centers, you see it in treatment centers, man. Um, you know, they, they, you know, they're terrible people, but they're geniuses in this idea that they set up all these treatment centers down in places where, um, that were far away from like where the problem was, mm-hmm. you know? So now you got parents in Norwalk, Ohio, who are embarrassed. They're embarrassed that their kid's an addict. They don't want anybody to know it. So they send them to a treatment center all the way down to Florida. Oh yeah, for you sure. You know, yeah. and then, and then the treatment center hustle where, you know, they'll take you in, you know, maybe you're there for a month, maybe you're there for a week. It don't matter. They're mm-hmm. going to charge you, you know, they're going to charge you $2,500 for a piss test. They're mm-hmm. going to charge you $4,000 for a piss test or whatever. My cousin I was talking to my aunt and my cousin, his insurance was billed like almost $40,000 just in piss tests. Right. Not even the doctor treatment, not even the counseling. Like that's a whole other bill, yeah. you know, like, and, and that whole hustle, man. And it's just, so it's like, okay, big pharma created the problem. Are they also fun? Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Did they also get the other side of it? Yeah. You got to think too, like it goes back to, you know, the lack of help out there because like, you sure. Oh yeah. There's, you know, people can go to clinics and everything else. Well, there is a astronomically large portion of this country who doesn't have insurance. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, and I've heard stories about, I've heard stories about insurance for all these places. They'll, they'll invite you over to, you don't have insurance. All right, that's fine. We'll come over. Mm -hmm. We'll get you insurance. And then they set you up and then they tell you like, you're responding to this name now while you're here. (laughs) Like, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I've heard these stories. I've heard these stories. I've heard stories of, of people going to treatment centers and then uh, they get out and they go to halfway houses that are owned by people in the treatment centers and then they get pimped out or they'll be taken in vans out somewhere to shoot dope. So they have to go through the program. Like I've heard so many wild stories of just, and it's called body brokering in this where, and the parents would never know they're up here. They're in Ohio, they're in Michigan, they're in Pennsylvania. And this is all happening in like Colorado. Um, Where are they? I think it's Colorado. I think there's one in Jersey that kind of used to mess like this. Right. And then um, a lot in Florida, like Florida is just the Mecca of shady treatment centers. Right. So I they, mean, I, I don't want to like make it seem all negative, but right. like they, just they are know doing some where good. you're sending somebody. Yeah. yeah you know, that, that's wild. Research. Like they're, they're actually, people are coming to you for help and like you're quote unquote helping them, but give them a little taste to keep them hooked. So they keep coming back. It's, so it's they all always come money. back. Cause yeah, it's all about the insurance money. Cause insurance, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, and that's why, again, insurance are, it's, it's getting harder to use your insurance to get help because yeah. these people have defrauded the system. You know, you know, I can't even imagine the amount of money. And then a lot of these people are getting popped by the FBI, but there's a lot of them still at loose. And you can always, excuse me, you can always tell, man, you can always tell there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of indicators and there's a lot of people out there who try to whistleblow on these places. Right. So just make sure you get on Facebook, do your research, yeah, you know, sure. there's, yeah. you know, get some, get some testimonials. Yeah. Like, like find someone that actually yeah. went through, like, did they actually benefit from this or are they still yeah. struggling or in, st- stuck in that loop? Yeah. Yeah. I heard about a prominent nationwide, uh, 
kind of like a, uh, I don't want to get too specific because I don't because people will lock in on who I'm talking about. But glance over it, get the yeah, general idea. Yeah, but there's there's a nationwide program, and um, and I'm hearing about just little pockets of these programs, just just that are owned by just not owned, but being run by people with just the worst kind of intentions. Right. And but because the brand itself has such a a, a good name, I guess you know nobody questions it. They just you know, it's and this, this is this is what depressed me. This is why it's hard to talk about this stuff anymore because it's like I, I don't know where to send your kid. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know who's doing it for the right reasons or who not. Right, I don't. Yeah. I don't want you to blame me because he went down here and like you. You don't yeah. want to like suggest something and have it turn out just awful and then yeah. have that kind of like guilt on you a little bit kind of feeling. Yeah, yeah. And I I just started telling people, listen, you gotta get a detox and then come home and like find your own counselor or something like because. I can't promise if you go to these programs, you'll come back. Yeah. Find, find someone, surround you, surround yourself with people that actually genuinely care. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And whether it be, you know, hard, tough love of locking you in a room for a day, like yeah, how, yeah. however it might be, you know, right, whatever, whatever right. The, the, the situation might be. But. Right. Right. There are more than likely, there are people out there who love you enough to really, if, if you ask them sincerely to right. lock you down, they will make sure that you get the help you need. Right. You know, like and that, that just goes back to that, that, that fear of rejection or, yeah. or, or shaming. Cause yeah. I mean, let's be honest. I, there are, you know, family and people out there that will shun yeah. and, yeah. you know, downgrade you and like disown you. You're, you're not my son, you know, you're, you're a junkie <laughs> right. and right. you know, all this bullshit. Yeah. So, I mean, if that is your case, then find someone else. You know? Yeah. I don't care who it is. It ain't yeah. gotta be blood. It, and it ain't. And, and, you know, um, Religion gets a lot of knocks and I get it. Um, but there, I try to believe that good people try to be um, just in leadership places like pastors and stuff. Like, right. like even if you have to kind of lean on that just to get started, uh -huh. just to get started, just, just a compassionate ear somewhere yeah. just to get started. And that's, you know, you don't have to be religious. It's just, you don't have to have a, a coming to Jesus moment. No, so to speak, no, no, you know? no, no, no. Nobody has to have that. But just the fact that, just the fact that you just find some compassionate ear somewhere right. to just say, okay, you know, like, let me, let me help you. Right. There's never absolutely nowhere to turn. Yeah. So definitely if anybody listening is, you know, struggling with this, like don't lose hope, you know, the, yeah, you know, yeah. there's somebody out there will who listen, will listen to your help. problem. Yeah. yeah. And, and I know it can be hard because that it probably is far in between yeah. of people who will listen and, that next need for that next hit is going to come faster than you find that ear sometimes, but yeah, don't give yeah. up hope, you know, like yeah. just keep going. That's where, you know, I would assume, uh, you know, social media could be a, a good outlet. Like there's gotta be, I, I haven't looked into it myself, but I'm sure you could probably find like uh, groups online, whether it be Facebook or whatever, yeah, dozens, you know, thousands of different communities yeah, that you can outreach that have the right intentions that aren't getting any kind of money kickback or anything like that. They're there strictly, to help other people that are struggling with the same thing they are. Yeah. And there, there's, there's a lot of them out there. There's, there's some good people doing some good things. But um, again, with that, you just have to be careful who jumps in your inbox Yeah, because there are people who, who um, like sharks, man, they yeah. just watch those waters. As soon as somebody posts, I need help. I'm going through this. Boom. They send that message. I can get you in here tomorrow. Oh, yeah, you want to be like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kind of thing. And that's just, 
I just really, if I if I drive any point home today, it's just please do your research on on whoever it is that's contacting you about these treatments. Do your research on on where they want to send you. Right. You know. So that's that's really what I want people to know. Uh, it's a hard enough problem as it is. Yeah. And then getting in the runaround, that's. And even if it isn't an actual, you know, detox center, like some of these places you were talking about, I mean, I'm sure at least one step in the right direction would be like we were talking about earlier, finding some kind of counselor, some kind of yeah. psychiatrist, psychiatrist or. Yeah. Like a, a psychiatrist or a therapist or yeah. Someone you can talk to that yeah. can, that's not going to have hopefully not as much ill motive to benefit from your struggle. Right. Right. Somebody. Somebody who's already got a nine to five, yeah. you know, like, yeah. Somebody who's already getting their paycheck. They're not going to get a kickback. Yeah. Cause I've heard stories of somebody was telling me once that they would get $1,800 per referral. So that's per body. Yeah. So you send nine people down there, you know, you're making over $10,000 and that could be just in one rally. Yeah. You know, you go to one rally, you find nine people real quick and you good. You know, these right. are stories. And, and, and being that it is such a huge problem nationwide, like it's, it's a cash grab. You know? Oh yeah. 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 Quick, easy money, and and yeah. you know, in their eyes. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you see, I, the feds are catching on to all this stuff, though. So I see, I see a lot of the Facebook stars that used to be when I was in 2016, 2017. All of a sudden, they're not really posting about their flashy lifestyle as much anymore. Right. So it's it just I I know who they are. I see you. Right. You know. <laughs> so it's funny, man. It's not, but it is. Yeah, I, I I get what you're saying. Like sometimes, like it's like all you can do is just is just laugh at the. Just. What else can you do? I mean, yeah, like, I'm not saying laugh as it's it's a, a funny situation, but like a lot of people's natural reaction in a, in an uncomfortable situation or yeah. a frustrating situation is to laugh. You know. Yeah, and again, it goes back to like, should I should I, at the end of the day, you know, maybe only two out of the 10 people they try to help actually get help. Right. Should I look at that as a win? You know, like, cause that's two more people that maybe didn't have a chance. Yeah. You know, and that's why I just kind of keep to myself and I don't say nothing because I, I have to, I have to believe just for my own sanity that you are helping. Right. Like yeah. I have to I mean, believe. Yeah. A life's a life, man. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. So I would say it is a win no matter how, depressing the the total number you know ratio is it yeah it's, it's still a win it's still yeah. one life impacted that might end up impacting someone else's life yeah absolutely exactly yeah and then hopefully that person turns around and like goes to their school yeah. talks to the kids you know right. like, that's another thing like don't be afraid to tell your story if you, if you get clean off of this you're a survivor you're a goddamn warrior no, you know what sure. i'm saying yeah. like yeah. go tell somebody let it be known yeah. like wear it proudly yeah yeah there's nothing to be embarrassed about like just you slipped up. We all do. Right. We yeah. all do. You know I mean, what I mean? Um, I am not going to say this. I would say I struggle with alcohol. Mm-hmm. Like it's nothing like a, a debilitating, you know, thing like, like nothing like that, but it could turn into something like that. Yeah. If I were foolish or stupid about it. But right. I mean, every day at work, I'm like, man, nice cold one sounds good after work. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not getting blackout yeah. drunk every night or right. anything like that, but I, I can definitely see like it is a very real thing chemically. Like I shouldn't be every day while I'm at work. Like man, I can't wait to get get a drink. Yeah, when I get home. yeah. Like I mean, it's it's 
doesn't spawn into anything more than that, just a wind down nightcap kind of thing. But it just it, it shows that 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 chemical structure it it's there. Like, and some people, fortunately, it's not affecting me any worse. But mm-hmm. some people, it does. I actually I lost my uncle a few years back oh. to alcohol abuse. Wow. Like, it's it's a very yeah. real thing. So yeah. that also is like in the back of my mind. Is it? Yeah. Could this be something that progresses if I'm not careful about it? Kind of thing, right, you know? right. But that self awareness is good though. Yeah, that's yeah. another thing. That's what a lot of people don't have that self that self awareness. You know, until it's too late. Too late. You know? yeah. yeah. So it's, it's a very very real thing, and it's not something to be taken lightly at all. I mean, right. You can't. I guess anger can be a you know, a natural response, especially like if it's a loved one or something, you don't want to see them go down that hole. Yeah. yeah. But you, you gotta be able to reel it in and not let that reflect onto them. Cause that more than likely not, it's going to push them further away. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you really have to kind of check your own ego at the door, yeah. especially for parents. You got to check your own ego at the door. Cause the first thing my mom used to always say to me, like when I was, <laughs> Cause I would, you know, I was growing up listening to hip hop cousin. Yeah. I didn't raise you like that. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's your ego. Right. Like, you know, like you, you can't control how the world affects anybody else. You can't. So you have to kind of check your ego at the door and be like, okay, you're going through this. What led to this? Like, right. that's, you know, yeah. you just gotta leave that at the door. Cause if, if you respond with ego, it's just gonna, you know, that that's a battle in itself mm-hmm. Two egos. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So going forward, I think we we pretty much covered a lot of aspects of this problem. Um, what would you say, like briefly, would be um, you know like summarize like your message to um, either people going through this or people that are trying to help someone going through this? Like what's what's like what's your last words? What's your um, you know words of encouragement or just steps that you think they should take? Just kind of briefly. Maybe we can go out and sign out on that. Uh, community. That's that's what I've been saying all along since the first uh, open letter. Yeah. It's community. Um, be there for one another. Always be willing to talk. Always be willing to hear somebody's story. And then help in your community in the way that you think you can. Like Sandusky, they got a detox center now. Uh-huh. Like, you know, and that was the community coming together. Even Huron County helped with that. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's, uh, it was either going to be here or it was going to be there. And I think, um, if I remember the story correctly, like they kind of put the resources together to put it there. So there's a certain amount of beds, if I'm not mistaken, that are reserved for Huron County residents Okay, to go there. Um, so like, look, that's, that's just a community of people talking about the problem before it was even mainstream media, like it is now uh-huh. that got that in motion. So if your community does not have like a, a county detox center, like kind of get the ball rolling on that. Just yeah. talk to some people, maybe get a petition together, write some editorials in your local paper. Like you have no idea what that could lead to. And, right. and if, if you get your own homegrown detox center, that's going to save you from having to trust people you don't know. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, um, and yeah. Go community. To like, uh, uh, like they have different, like, town hall meetings like commissioners yeah, like yeah make and, your voice heard and make you know, your voice heard let them know like go around and get, get some signatures signed yeah and say hey you know we we need this in our community yeah because there's you you'd be surprised how many 
oblivious people there are in government. Oh, you know, in, in your local government. Like, cause I, I mean, I've had them in my inbox yeah. I, talking about, I, I didn't know there was a problem like this. Mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, I didn't realize like, uh, it, what do you want me to tell you? This yeah. is your town. Yeah, take you your know, like, off. Come on. Yeah. So don't be quiet on the issue and, and try to get a local detox. That that's, yeah. that's the best thing. And that's then Sandusky's blessed because they have the Sandusky artisans too. Mm -hmm. And they do just incredible outreach and work. So after you get out of detox, they can provide you with the tools to, it's not a live-in facility, but right. if you can go every single day and they will make sure you can get through it. You know, So, so just be forward thinking in that aspect. Right. You, know, like you don't have to rely on anybody else to clean up your town. You can actually get it started. Yeah, for sure. Well, man, I definitely appreciate you coming by and having Thanks this conversation. Having me, man. It's, it's something that I think you know, needs to be said and gets overlooked a little too often. I really so, appreciate it. Yeah, I this was a good conversation. On. This was good. I haven't talked about this stuff in some years, man. So yeah. it felt good. It yeah, felt for good. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, I think we're going to sign that off on that note. Um, thank you, everybody, listening to. And uh, the next time, cheers. Cheers. <laughs>